Hey, what's up, guys? Peace to you all. This is another episode of the Brothers of Destruction podcast. I'm your host, Anthony King, and I got my good brother with me. Duquan Donovan. What's good, brother? Man, that wasn't good that we wasn't able to give the people a recap of SmackDown, and we apologize. Right, facts. We, 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 we had some technical difficulties, and it wasn't much going on on SmackDown anyway. And yeah, I think- <laughs> we... The only positives we got out of SmackDown, let's just do a quick recap, was that, you know, the Universal title changing and Daniel Bryan getting his shot, him and the Miz seeing each other. That pretty much was the only real, real thing that we got out of SmackDown, in my opinion. Facts. Yeah, it wasn't much to take <laughs> from it, and I can't even remember the rating. I might have given it. I might have given them a, maybe a 7.2 or something, so it wasn't really much. Yeah. But uh, right. let's let's move on into Raw. And Becky Lynch opened up the show again, mm-hmm. and she addressed both Bailey and Shayna Baszler about their recent sneak attacks and wanted them to come face-to-face and said, champion to champion, and didn't give a damn about brand supremacy. So she said. And <laughs> <laughs> shortly after that, the Iconics interrupted Becky and Becky said that she didn't need Charlotte to face them both and that since they've been apparently tagging forever for whatever reason, she, she doesn't need Charlotte. She can just take on them by herself. And that led to Charlotte coming out to speak on it for a bit. And then Samoa Joe made a return all suited up and clearly not ready for action and he joined commentary. All right, the way they introduced Samoa Joe was weird as fuck. I, I was like, yo, how how can you do that? Like, you left us on a cliffhanger. Like, that was weird. That was weird. They should have just brought him out and like at the beginning of the show, and then you know have Becky do what she wanted to do. I I get it. You doing it for a wild factor, but that shit was weird, bro. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I didn't I didn't know what was going on because when it went to commercial, he's just walking in the suit. And I'm like, what is he about to be? Somebody's manager? Right. But, it, but I put two and two together. I say he's probably about to go to commentary because they don't want to do a two-man team for Raw no more these days. So yeah, the first match to start off Raw was Becky and Charlotte versus the Iconics in a tag team match, player. And yeah, uh, um, well, well, before that, before Samoa Joe came out, um, who the powers that be? And that's the thing; they're not addressing it. We don't know. <laughs> Yeah, because she said the power that be want us to tag. And I'm like, who the hell is the power that be? Like, so we don't have a general manager. We don't have a commissioner. No. I guess is USA that wants it? That's the power that be? Maybe. Ah, you on to something. You on to something. You know what? I didn't think about that. Well, the powers that be wanted this match. And this match didn't go for too long. And Billy Kay and Peyton lost. But at least this quick. time, yeah, quick, early. But at least this time, uh-huh. they didn't look like cowards. And they, they was trying True. to bring a fight. They was trying to bring the fight to them. They was trying. You know, that's the yeah. that's the only positive. But I don't know what they're going to do with the Iconics, man. They got to stop treating these girls like that. But as Becky and Charlotte left the ring, we see Shayna and her cronies, Marina, Shafir, and Jessamyn Duke, cleared the ring of the Iconics, and they put down Becky and Charlotte when they tried to pull up on them to defend Raw. Right. Right. They, yeah, they put in work on them. They put in, most definitely, they put in work on them. I, I can see why they mad, but you knew the way the camera angles were shot, you was like, okay, Becky and Charlotte about to get the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't be left lying on their backs. 
It'd have been, right. it'd been too weak of them to do that. So <laughs> they had to at least get some type of last laugh then. Um, next, we had a backstage interview with Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins speaking about being prepared for their Raw Tag Team title opportunity that they just earned. And they said they've been preparing their whole career for this. That's what they actually said. Yeah. Preparing their whole career. <laughs> and then AOP, <laughs> then AOP made that. They pulled they up. They pulled up and made that seem like it was for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they pulled the fuck up. Um, so all right. So, do you watch wrestling with regret? With Brian Zane on YouTube? No. He had a he had a good say, saying. He said something that was like very intriguing. He said, "What if they would have had the AOP go sit back down and you know, like they were cutting their promos in the past couple months mm. after that segment right there? I thought that would have been hilarious, bro." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's saying that shit I'm like yo, that shit is funny as hell. Like if they just go sit down and fix their suits, like okay, we did what we had to do for the fucking night. Like I just thought that would have been a good thing to have. But um, good good way to get the um off of the pain some you know some rub without having them in the match. Bruh, they decimated them. Razar was Razar was all in Hawkins' face, close enough to damn near kiss him. And Paul Dubs. Yeah. <laughs> After that, we had the OC come out and they cut a great promo. And uh-huh. that segued into Umberto Carrillo versus Carl Anderson with AJ and Gallows ringside. The right. Street Profits ended up coming up, and they were ringside as well. And this was a better match than the Becky Charlotte one by... Leaps and bounds. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, uh, this was like the real first matchup of the night to me, you know? Okay. For real. I mean, because I, I can't count that tag team match. Like, what was that? You know, like... It wasn't nice. Yeah. The Street Profits, they helped Umberto win. They countered cheated for him when the OC tried to cheat the win. Uh-huh. And then they had a celebration. Yo, that celebration was on, on the stage was life, man. Montez Ford post-match victory dances is everything, bro. That's a fact. That's a fact. Because he he brings the energy for, for everybody. Like, every segment he's in, he brings all the energy, bro. bro. Montez Ford is one of my favorite people now. I want to... He's a star, I want to see him every week now. He, he, <laughs> he got he to show up. <laughs> he's a star, bro. Next up, we got Bobby Lashley versus No Way Jose. And yo, bro, I was crying when I saw Jose's face when the camera panned to him because uh-huh. I knew it was going to be a squash. But before it went down, Lana confirmed that she put a restraining order on Rusev and said that... And he, she filed for divorce. And filed for a divorce. But, and then, yeah, and it fucked up, too. She said something about he couldn't come within 90 miles with... <laughs> yo! <laughs> She said 90 miles. And she was like, and she, I like the way she recovered. She was like, oh, I like the way he corrects me. She said 90, what did she say after that? 90 minutes or something she she said like 90 that? Days. Then she had to correct, yo, then she had to correct it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with it though? Yo, <laughs> it was just a lot of cheese it was giving us. After we ate all that damn cheese, right? Bobby squashed Jose and debuted a new mm-hmm. finisher. He got the master lock now. Oh, yo, I, I missed that part. I was, I think I was in the bathroom. But I missed that part. Man, that was a bathroom. So he got, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Cause I knew Jose was going to get squashed. But um, he got the master lock. Now, historical significance, he was the first man to break out the master lock, wasn't he? Good callback. He was, was he, right? Great callback. He actually was. He put that man to sleep, man. <laughs> he put him to sleep. Yeah. Then locked lips with Lana again after the match. And them kisses are starting to get stank now. <laughs> it's starting to get stank, bro. It's, 
He said it's only with steak. Yeah, they they up there with Edge and Vicky, Edge and Lita, Christian and Trish. Edge and everybody. <laughs> Edge and everybody. That's what it is. Christian and Trish at WrestleMania 20. Oh yeah, that was that was nasty. Yeah, they they getting it. Uh, <laughs> following that match, we got Seth Rollins against Andrade, and Seth mm-hmm. Seth's spot as captain of Team Raw was on the line. And damn, this was a good match, bro. I don't want like, I still don't understand. Like I understand the Seth hate, but you gotta admit, Seth top five in the world, bro. Now he put Andrade top top ten in the world. Go ahead. Now nah, he put on. They put on. <laughs> like if like watching it. I was already declaring it the match of the night. Like, like, right. cause you know, by, by then this was the best thing that we've seen. And it had to go to a DQ with Lucha House Party invading Raw with their big ass Fox labels on the back of their shirts. Oh, yo, that was OD. Yeah. Promotion. That was OD. <laughs> yeah, that was OD. Um, one thing I can say about this, Selena got caught and I was like, I didn't like the way she got caught because the referee didn't see shit. Yeah. And you, uh, <laughs> it's, I'm going to just say this. I said, wow, it would be Seth that that move won't work on. Of course. They pre- of course. They, they protected he, he Buddy pre- too much, though, man. OD. OD. And I love Seth Rollins, but they protected him way too much. Like, think about it like this. He's been in how many matches in the past? Like, he, every match he's been in in the past month has ended in disqualification. You ever realize that? That's another thing I was noticing. I said, they won't let this man take a clean defeat for whatever reason, but he, yeah, he's, he's in his uh, Cena-Roman Reigns phase, I guess you can call it. Um, this invasion didn't even last long because after they attacked Seth and Andrade, they were able to fend off that attack in the Lucha House Party. Con- I think they got they got beat up. By, by yeah, they, ran, they got ran off. Yeah, they, they ran them dudes off. And... It was cool to see Seth and Andrade have sportsmanship at the end of the match. And Seth gave Andrade his props, and he said, let's do this again one more time in the future. I like seeing stuff like that. Right. Showing love to the to the next generation because they need the rub, man. Like, we, we mm-hmm. got to give these younger guys the rub. And, and speaking of that, we saw Buddy Murphy backstage knock on Alistair Black's door. We actually seen somebody knock on the door. <laughs> right. And and uh, all the times you want to go take a shit, that's when you don't answer the damn door. Ain't that some shit? <laughs> when you got to take a shit, that's when you don't want to answer the door. You pick the perfect time to take a shit. When you wanted people to answer your door all this time, now you got to go take a shit. Ain't that some bullshit? Yo, I love how Alistair <laughs> came out of there like he was so thirsty. Like, who knocked on the door? Like, like, <laughs> like he was thirst. Buddy was, yeah. Buddy said, I'm, I want to pick a fight and then walked off. That was, that was fire. Yeah, I like that. I like that. After that, they segued from there to a bunch of cars coming in. And Triple H came out of one of them. And I'm like, oh God, Triple H got the army with him. These days, Triple H pull up with like four whips. Yo, that's a fact. Triple H, then he a part of fucking the Cash Money Millionaires. Shit is crazy. (laughs) 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 Following that, we saw Buddy Murphy go up against Akira Tazara. And I like that this wasn't a squash and that Akira looked really good in this one. And I'm, I'm going to uh-huh. tell you why, too, because they found a way to showcase Buddy in some intense back-and-forth action to see. And that just shows us how he does bell-to-bell bell when the competition has some difficulty. So to right. see him not just run through Akira, I was pleased to see, like, 
what's the offense like when the when the odds are stacked against them? You got somebody that's on that ass, you know? But one thing about Buddy Murphy's matches is they've been very competitive matches. All of them. Even the one with Sad, even the one with um who else? Uh who else he had a match with recently and that was a competitive match? Oh, damn. Shit, man. I'm, I'm sorry. They they're not it's, consistent. It's they're not consistent to, to the point where you're, right. even, you're forgetting, like, who he went against. Nah, he went against R-Truth. All Buddy's matches have been competitive, but this one seemed like Akira was getting the best of him. This was one of those where right. it's like, okay, what's going on? But uh, good to see Buddy win, and I'm looking forward to see where they go with him and Alistair. I really think they should keep them two separate. But they may not even have them two meet each other right away. This could be dragged out for a couple more weeks. True. True that. After that, we got another Eric Rowan mystery baby backstage segment. A, sh- a short one. <laughs> the mystery baby. Yo, it was a short one. Did the goo goo bob, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then we saw a squash match between him and somebody named Alex Malcolm. And before it even started, we got this quick 24-7 title parade with the Singh brothers and R-Truth. Do you think this is setting up for Eric Rowan to be the 24-7 champion? This could be a setup for him to eventually care about it. Like, you know, I need to get get these dudes out of my, my way because they're always around. Because they don't got nothing to do with him, but they are proud in his face. He ain't, he ain't right. asking for no trouble. They, they bringing it to him. True that. That's a fact. Think about it. But I love how he jumped out the ring to go protect the baby, though. <laughs> you know, his, his, his character work is on point. Od, od. Um, whatever's in that thing might win the twenty four champ, twenty four seven championship. Ah, uh, that's gonna be funny. <laughs> it's gonna be like May, May Young's hand or some shit like that. Like, ooh, that's good booking. I'd see that. It's stupid, but I yeah, but stupid. I, I'd but eat that cheese. Eat the cheese, brother. <laughs> that's it. But yeah, Rowan went to go protect the baby. And then when he ran around the ring, he attacked the Sings, and R-Truth wanted no parts. And then we see Rowan win the match. And that was pretty much that. Eric Rowan, more character development going on. Next match we got was Kevin Owens versus Drew McIntyre. The second match of the night. Uh, Slobberknocker, man. Slobberknocker. They, they, <laughs> they topped Seth and Andrade's match. Not taking away none from it, but this one was, it went up. It went up a little right. bit. And can I just say that these two, both of these guys, we got two guys that are world-class contenders for either match for a WWE title or at least a match with Brock Lesnar. And I hope after Survivor Series, they find a purpose for these two because... Especially Drew. Like, well, no, it's Kevin Owens too because they hold him after the SmackDown situation. Yeah. Did you notice Drew did an attitude adjustment to KO on the side of the ring? Right, I did see that. I did see that. I, they should have said it on commentary, but they ain't want to shed. Like he straight up did an attitude adjustment. I was straight up all John Cena. <laughs> it looked like it hurt in real life. Feel me? Right. And I'm gonna be honest, the crowd wasn't hype enough for me in the beginning. It took a minute to get them riled up. I don't know if they were asleep, but I, I was like, yo, they need to be appreciating this match because this was a slobber knocker, and. Yeah, it most definitely was. And they got a lot of close falls. The only thing that just was weird was when Triple H ended up coming out to spectate it. Uh huh. I thought he was gonna spectate it, but I guess it went to no contest. That was strange because it went to no contest out of like nowhere. Like Triple H came out, and it was just the end. Like he came out there and said, "Stop the match." Like he was like, "Yo, get the fuck out!" Like, and then Drew McIntyre had to leave. Like that's what it looked like to yeah, me. It was no Drew. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know. And and after that, 
we, we see Triple H in the ring with KO speaking. You got the Forgotten Sons, Damian Priest, and Dominic Dajakovic ringside for this impromptu promo. And Trip, uh-huh. Triple H had some big words for KO. He acknowledged that KO was always different, and maybe nobody mm-hmm. other than him legitimized NXT. Right. You know, this was a, I guess this was a way to persuade KO to jump ship. Sounded pretty convincing to me because he made great points. Yeah. The only point he didn't make, though, that he did leave out is you owe me a favor because I did betray Seth. Seth, uh-huh. I you crown him as a universal I champion. Did crown right. you. Yeah. He did he didn't say that. That's the only thing. Maybe he will later on and we're just ahead of the time. I think it was leading up to that point. It's like, like if you do it, like you could lead up to that point. And then you can you know, cause what who came out? The so the raw superstars came out. Yeah. And then the you know, Undisputed Era came and attacked, which was also an interesting thing because he was like, What are you doing? He didn't look too and happy. Adam Cole, yeah, he wasn't happy. And Adam Cole was pointing like, yo, what the hell? Like, what are you doing practically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. And so I like the dissension between you know the the ranks when it comes to those those um you know undisputed era and Triple H. Yeah, it was kind of like he was uh like don't tell me you getting soft for me. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, you, Cause we would pull up. Cause they most definitely pull up. Like, <laughs> like, you, <laughs> like now nah, this was the promo of the night. Right. Felt, of course. Like, I, of course. I felt that every word because it was all true. It was real shit. You know. And speaking of words. We they follow that up with a Paul Heyman promo. I said, yeah, they they on time. <laughs> it was on time because because uh, he ended up announcing that Rey Mysterio and Brock Lesnar's WWE Championship match would now be a no hose barred. And we and I pretty much felt like this should have been the route that they should go anyway because you got to give Ray a fighting chance. Yeah, give him an opportunity to do something. Come on, but this, isn't this a, what this is what the third or fourth. SummerSlam in the, I mean, Survivor Series in a row where Brock's fighting a little guy. Isn't it? Yeah, this is the running thing. This is the third one. The- this is the third one because before that was Goldberg, and now it's it was AJ, then Daniel Bryan, now Ray Mysterio. Yeah. So it's a nice little running theme. I, I frequent it. I frequent yeah. it. And he's working with guys that know how to work that ring. Work great guys. Yeah. Right, work great guys. Paul Heyman sold the hell out of this promo, and now I'm ready for it because he gave us not just a spoiler. He gave us two spoilers. It's whichever. Red or blue pill. You know, he said Ray would either be, he would either avenge his family and win, or Brock is going to massacre Mysterio. He's going to massacre? Jesus Christ. That's what he said. <laughs> right. I'm glad Ray got to speak after that, though. And he had a few words himself. And before he could even address Brock, he had encouraged Umberto and thanked him, you know, for what he's doing and told him to continue and proud of him for holding it down for the Latinos. That's another rub. I need to see. Uh-huh. I like to see shit like that. Let's look out for the next generation, man. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That that was a blatant one, too. <laughs> that was a blatant one. Like, he, he had to go see him. Like, he was like, yo, you know what? Let me stop this interview real quick. <laughs> hey, now, hold on that, Charlie. Come on, give me a second. It was one of those, yeah, before. I'm going to let you finish, but... <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. And Umberto just appeared in the shot. I, look, bro, this is like the perfect time to do it. If they don't crown Ray the champion, he probably won't ever have a real chance to ever get the the, the prize again. So I say put the strap on him. But you know, on Ray, you know what? We're not gonna even get into that. Not now, because what we can, oh, do, yeah. what we can do 
to make up for that SmackDown technical difficulty, we got a we got a prediction episode coming for y'all. So okay, yeah. Um, next match we got Natalia and Oscar with Kyrie Sane ringside, and Oscar won this one as she should. This was something regular. It was it was a quick feisty bout. It's funny how Natalia had all this momentum and all this fire, and then it, it kind of gets diminishes. It, it kind of gets diminished in a quick little matchup with Oscar. But uh-huh. it is Oscar, so I guess you can't be too mad that she won quickly. Keep Oscar strong. Keep Oscar strong. That's that's the word. That's the word of the year. Keep Oscar strong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Samoa Joe's commentary helped put this match over for me, actually. Uh huh. Yeah, he he had a lot of insight and context for those girls, and he made the match more interesting. He actually made a lot of the night more interesting. So. Samoa Joe did a pretty cool job on commentary. Right. To close the show, we got the Viking Raiders defending their Raw Tag Team Championship against Randy Orton and a partner of his choosing. Question, though. And they, they, they do this a lot. I just don't understand. How does the challenger come out first and then the champions come out and then and then uh, uh, I guess the, the challenger's mystery partner comes out last? I think that shit is stupid. You might want well to let the challenger come out last. Yeah, like they over and, and that wasn't the first time I seen it. I was like, what is the point of that? Have the Viking Raiders come out first, then Randy come out, then he stands outside and his partner come out. Like it just right. the order just was all messed up. You know? I but, guess they uh, wanted the 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 aura of Randy Orton to be the first thing that you hear or see. So I guess that's what it was, but still that's just dumb. I, and we knew who the taxi partner was. <laughs> oh yeah, we knew what it was. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, I definitely did. Like I already had my guess from the time they advertised the match. I said, oh, I know who it was gonna be, and it was Ricochet. He pulled up as the mystery partners, and this is more mind games that are being played. You get this, un- mm-hmm. you get this unlikely duo between Randy and Ricochet, and they already got this tension between each other, and you just don't know who's gonna turn on who. So I guess, right. I guess they're trying to keep us real, then throwing that dynamic in front of us. But I hope they didn't win. I'm glad they didn't win this match because Viking Raiders don't need to be losing their titles against two people that are not on the same page. Even though, Fact. even though they are a dynamic duo, but nah, man, I, I wasn't. I wouldn't have been with that decision. As the match was going on, though, it it it, it started out hot and heavy, and then we see mm-hmm. a couple of SmackDown members in the back putting hands on one of the Raw guys. Right. And but you thought uh, you found it weird that they guys were wearing hats like they was in, in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, why? Why do they got hats on? Like they like truckers or something like that. I'm like, yeah, y'all really out here wild. Cesaro, Cesaro <laughs> had his caps on. Yo, him Ziggler had a cap on <laughs> with a big ass Fox logo on the back. Like I, what? Might have been a heel thing. All the heels wore caps. <laughs> I guess. I guess. The match was going so well, though. I, I did like it. Randy Orton and Ricochet going against the Viking Raiders was was a ruthless aggression. I did like it. Mm-hmm. It was going well mm-hmm. until SmackDown came out and ended that to a DQ. So many DQ finishes. Right. And, but, but, yo, did you realize four Raw guys nearly beat up, like, 12 SmackDown guys? Yo, that was crazy, bro. Yo, Randy, Ricochet, and the Viking Raiders was tearing ass up. It was like 12 against war. And they, st- right. and they still walked out tall. Like, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> it's like Randy bro- It's like Randy started shoot wrestling outside. Like, nah, you're not about to get the best of me. <laughs> oh, hell no. You know who I am? 
going to hit him. beat up like four people him by himself. Like, I, like yo. And then, because the first move on the beatdown was an RKO. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you know who I am? I hit him with a Kevin Durant speech. You know who I am. Right. I'm Kevin Durant. Right. <laughs> then, they, then we get NXT. They came out and they put down SmackDown. And, and uh-huh. Leo Rush was in the mix. Shadows to Leo. Monday night, Monday night rush. Yeah, right. Yeah. We saw the entire NXT roster put down Randy Ricochet and the Viking Raiders until your boy Seth came out with the rest of Raw to end this brawl segment. And then next the next thing you know, we got all three brands fighting forever. We got them all fighting forever, selling Survivor Series. And then Triple H popped up on a Titan drawing. And he was like, Look, I'm inviting Raw and SmackDown to NXT. Our gates wide open. Come get some. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much it. That was the show. I I'll go to say I I give Raw a solid eight. Ooh, you you gave him a strong rating, brother. Um... I gave him a solid eight only because you know why? I'm gonna tell you. We saw the whole WWE roster on here, and we saw three uh-huh. solid matches. Even though the finishes were questionable, it was good wrestling right. to see on Raw. We usually get the type of wrestling that we got was is something that. We're prone to getting on an NXT program or an AEW program. But, you know, these SmackDown and Raw, they're so simulated that they, these guys don't get to work the way they did. So that's that's just the, you know. Okay. All right. Um. So I guess I give, ah, let's go, let's go, let's go 7.1. Let's go 7.1. Just because it was go home and I knew what to expect. Mm. Yeah, you like you said, they, we did get good matches, and it normally is simulated, but I, I I like the way they progressed. It wasn't a slow pace night. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because normally Raw goes slow pace. It was a faster paced night of Raw, and I liked what they were doing because they knew it was a go home segment. They knew what it was. Yeah, it, it didn't feel like as if there were so many high impact moments, and then they gave you a sleeper moment. It, it's it, it, it right. felt like. The bar was trying to. It felt like they were trying to set the bar with each segment, mm-hmm. you know. At mm-hmm. some points of the show, and my brothers of the night, I would just say, everyone that gave us those solid matches. That's between Drew, KO, Buddy Murphy, Kira Tazara, Seth, Andrade, Randy, Ricochet, the Vikings, and Triple H for his promo. Those are my brothers of the night. I would say they held down Raw and made it interesting for me. Okay, uh, my brother of the night, Triple H and his promo. <laughs> Triple H's promo did it all for me. Like, as much as you know, Triple H get criticized and stuff. He know his wrestling, bro. Right, right. And now we 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 gonna we gonna see what what they doing NXT man. He done opened the door. Let's see how SmackDown and Raw invades them. I hope. Hopefully, it's not the regular cliche, predictable shit. They, we need to see something different. Uh huh. We need to see some type of invasion happen differently. Maybe somebody needs to attack Triple H this time to really get Yo, to get NXT riled I- up. I'm with that. I'm with that. I'm with that. I'm most definitely with that. Yeah, somebody attacked Triple H instead of the same old, same old bullshit. Yeah, that's. I think if you want to really get the eyes going, you, you get somebody to attack Triple H. Now NXT really got a lot to defend. They got to defend Triple H. Right. And, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, but yeah, guys, uh, make sure y'all follow us on Instagram at Brothers of Destruction Podcast. Swing back around next time for another episode. I'm your host, Anthony King. With your brother, Daquan Donovan. And we out. Peace. Peace.